All right, we'll say good morning. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of ER. Second, I'm sorry. Yonah and Shoshi Ehrenfeld, in loving memory, in the Zech and Lishmas, their, uh, Yonah's grandfather, Yosef ben Shmuel Aaron. Mark, Mark Karstad, in memory of his mother, Chana Bas Shragai. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama Sohavan Aliyah, and the families in Nechama. We thank our week of learning sponsors, the Meyerowitz family, for a successful medical procedure this week for Shulamis Tova Bas Mindel. We hope that, she, and the Grossman family, as a Zechos for Rafur Shalema, for Miriam Chana Bas Ida. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, these two together with Kol Choli Yisrael have a complete and enduring refuah. And I will say with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is daf ches. So we left off on the top of daf ches, four lines in Ula Rabbi Shimon. So we'll say, so remember again, just to orient ourselves a little bit, we had a fascinating machlokis regarding the tzitz, right? Ultimately, again, how does the tzitz work? So you have Rabbi Huda saying that Allah said that tzitz works, amitzach v'nosa. Tzitz works only when the coin is wearing it. We then saw Rabbi Shimon who held, dashed in the Pasek, Tamid Loratzon Lifnei Hashem. Rabbi Shimon hold, held that ultimately the tzitz is miratza as long as it's in existence. Lords, even if the coin is not wearing it, the mere existence of the tzitz is what allows it to affect atonement. So we'll say we're continuing. So we we're going through the Gemara yesterday, discussing bringing different psukim to go ahead and support different opinions and trying to understand ultimately how each other opinion darshans the other side's psukim. So we left off with Rabbi Shimin, Dhamar Tamid Tamid Miratza, Bahaksiva Metzchovanasa. So we'll say Rabbi Shimon. Remember again, Rabbi Shimon who holds that Halakhalamaisa, the mere existence of the tzitz. Even if the Kohen Gadol is not wearing it, affects atonement. What does he do with the Pasuk that says, Ametzcho Venasa? Pasuk says pretty explicitly that if the Kohen Gadol wears the sits on his forehead, then it's Meratza. Then ultimately, again, it goes dead and affects atonement. Hahu huda'asa. That Pasuk of Ametzcho on his forehead is coming to give us the location. I was about to say, how do I know where the coin goes ahead and where's the tzitz. So for the Pasuk needs to tell me the coin wears it on his forehead. Rabbi Yehuda, where does Rabbi Yehuda know where to go ahead and place the tzitz? He learns it out ultimately again from the phrase Why doesn't Rabbi Shimon also learn out from Me'al Mitzcho? So also what Rabbi Shimon will say is, what does the Pasuk, or what does the phrase Vinasa come to include? I'm sorry. So Rabbi Shimon will say, when it comes to teacher, I'll say, even Rabbi Shimon who holds that the tzitz need not be on the coin goddle's forehead in order to affect atonement, will agree that the tzitz must be fit to be worn in order to go ahead and atone. So we'll see, you hear this interesting idea? So Rabbi Shimon will say, the Kohen Gadol doesn't need to be wearing the tzitz in order for the tzitz to affect atonement, but the tzitz must be wearable in order to affect atonement. For example, says, La to come to exclude a case of nishpar hatzitz de So for example, according to Rabbi Shimon, if the tzitz were to break 
and therefore be unwearable, then Einachinami, it would not affect atonement. Where does Rabbi Huda learn that if halacha lamaisa, that tzitz breaks, that it doesn't affect atonement? He learns it out ultimately again from the fact, from the fact, that ultimately, again, it could have said, it could have said, Meitzach says, says, Mitzcho, Rabbi Shimon, Meitzach, Mitzcho, Lomash, Rabbi Shimon doesn't darshan a chilik between the word of Meitzach and Mitzcho. Good, so we'll say, this is, again, it's, it's just the machlok. See machlok, as you saw in yesterday's daf, the Gemara now just through, went through how each different side goes ahead and darshans its respective psukim. So we'll say, so bottom line, machlok is Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Huda holds in order for the tzitz to be miratzah, the Kohen Gadol must be wearing it. Rabbi Shimon says that Allah said the mere existence of the tzitz allows it to affect atonement. Now, one very important caveat in this is even Rabbi Shimon who holds that the mere existence of the tzitz allows it to affect atonement, even if the Kohen Gadol is not wearing it, would agree that what? It must be wearable. Right? If it's not wearable, if the tzitz broke, then enachinami, everyone will agree that the tzitz cannot affect the Talmud. It says the Gemara, Nema hani tanoi, kahani tanoi. So maybe say that these tanoi, right, Rabbi Yudah Rabbi Shimon, are having the same machlokis as another machlokis tanoi. Here we go. This sanyo, echad zeh ve'echad zeh mazan alav kol shiva, mikol chato shahayusham. So we'll say, Say as follows. It's actually quite interesting. Says the Gemara that both the coin Gadol who's doing the avodah of Yom Kippur, as well as the coin who is being readied to do the avodah of the para aduma, shiva. They would go out and sprinkle upon them right water of para aduma all seven days of their sequestering. From all of the ashes of all the previous paros adumos that were in the base of Mitzvah. So we saw this already again on Daf base, on Daf base or Daf Gimel, right? That ultimately during the seven days of sequestering, both for Avodav Yom Kippur as well as for Para Aduma, they would sprinkle upon the, ko- the, the Kohanim who were being sequestered from the waters of the Para Aduma, because remember again, they kept a little bit of the ash of every single previous Para inside of the Mikdash. Div Rabbi Meir, so these words are Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Rabbi Yossi says, so it's also very interesting. Rabbi Yossi says, no, you don't have to sprinkle the coin during his sequestering all seven days. Rather, all you need to do is sprinkle upon him day three and day seven. Day three and day seven, that's all. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Hanina Skana Konim Omer. Rabbi Hanina Skana Konim argues also. He says, Koin Asrai Fesapara, Mazen Alav Kol Shiva. Koin Gadu Yom Kippurim, a Mazen Alav Ela Shlishi Ushvi. Rabbi Hanina Skana Konim is Mechalik between the sequestering for Yom Kippur and the sequestering for Paraduma. For the sequestering for Yom Kippur, all you need is a sprinkling on days three and day seven for para aduma all seven days. So I will say, so three-way machlokas about what we do with the kohanim who are being sequestered. Rabbi Meir holds that whether you're being sequestered for Yom Kippur or for para aduma, you get sprinkled with the waters of the para aduma all seven days. That's, that's, that's sheet that's Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yossi, no, both for para aduma and Yom Kippur, Day three, day seven. So what's that come to Nam Nidrit Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yossi is you're going to treat Yom Kippur and Paraduma the same way. Okay, just the difference is Rabbi Meir is sprinkling all seven days, Rabbi Yossi days three and seven. Rabbi Hanina Skana Kwanim comes along and says we don't treat them the same. And ultimately, again, for Paraduma, you get sprinkled all seven days. For, for Yom Kippur, only days three and days seven. 
So we'll say, let's analyze. Says the Gemara, what's the Machlokas? What's the Machlokas? This is really fascinating. My, so I'm sorry, but I'll say, I, I, said, I said the wrong thing before. The Gemara is not equating this Machlokas to the Machlokas of Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Huda by the Tzitz. The Gemara is equating this to the Machlokas of Tumah Hutra or Dechuya Betziba, Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshes going back to Vav Amud Beis, right? So now we're circling back a little bit because remember, the Sugya of Tzitz was a little bit of a, was a little bit of a tangent, right? Remember again, we were in the Sugya ultimately again of Tumah Hutra or Dechuya. We then got into Tzitz. Why do we get into Tzitz? Because if you hold Tumah's Hutra Betzibor, we're trying to figure out what role does the Tzitz play. Okay, so then we got into a, a beautiful, magnificent, and holy tangent about the Tzitz. Now we're circling back to Tumah Hutra versus Dechuya. So now the Gemara is suggesting that the three-way Machlokis over here is the same Machlokis Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis. Remember again, Rav Nachman holds Tumah Hutra Betzibor, which means, again, when it comes to communal service, the laws of Tumar, if they do not exist, and Rav Sheshis holds Tumar Duchuya Betzibor. Tumar is there, but it's set aside. It's set aside, ultimately, again, for communal service. We'll say, what's the Nafkamina? Hutra versus Duchuya. What's the Nafkamina? Right, so the Nafkamina is, do you seek out a Tar alternative or not? If it's Hutra, you need not seek out a Tumar, a, 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 a Tar alternative, if it's Duchuya, you must seek out a, a tar alternative. I realize that. I, I apologize. I ruined this for you a little bit yesterday by telling you the Rambam. But then I felt Nechama because you probably forgot it. So Baruch Hashem, good. So, so good. So I feel, I feel we're probably are all right. Good. So we'll say, so the Gemara says as follows. So my love, Bahakim Eflikis. So we'll say, what's the three-way Machlokas? Right? So we'll say, what, so what exactly is this Machlokas? Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Hanina Skana Kohanim. Says, my love, Bahakim Eflikis. Rabbi Meir, Savar, Tumah, Duchuyi, Betzibar. So I will say, listen to this. Rabbi Meir holds that Tumah is Duchuya Betzibor. Therefore, the, look at Rashi just a moment. Rabbi Meir Savar Tumah, it's a Rashi all the way on top. Rabbi Meir Savar Tumah Duchuya Betzibor, Uba'iran Tara Ma'al Yasa, Vazab Ismano, Vachoyoma Ika Lesapuke Shema Hayom, Yom Shlishi Ulu Tumaso, Beshlosha Rishonim, Ubeshlosha Hornim, Koyoma Vyoma Ika Lesapuke Meseko Shushi. So I'll say, to make a long story short, Rabbi Meir holds, because your mayor holds Tumah Duchuyah B'Tzibor, you have to be Choshesh that both the coin preparing for Yom Kippur and the coin preparing for Para Aduma maybe became Tumah Imeis. And therefore, again, I have to do whatever is within my power to remedy their particular circumstances. So what are we going to do? We're going to sprinkle them with water of Para Aduma when? When? All seven days. All seven days. Because I always say, think about this. If you sprinkle them with all seven days, pretty much you just cover your bases. Right, days one through three. Remember, I will say just, just, and I know you lost, but just, just to reinforce this. Remember the halo, just a regular case. A person becomes tummy to mace. So how do you become tahar? You're sprinkled on days three and seven. Remember again to be clear, no one ever holds. There's never an obligation to be sprinkled for seven days. According to the mayor, the reason we're going to sprinkle the kohanim for seven days is in the event that days one, two, and three, perhaps were the third day. Right, since he became Tomei, saw so sprinkle him one, two, and three. Four, five, six, and seven is maybe this is the seventh day. So we're just covering all of our bases as to which is day three, which is day seven. So we'll sprinkle him all seven days. But the fact that we go to that extreme indicates to us is that Tuma is, is the Huya Because we'll say if Tuma was Hutra, if Tuma was Hutra, then what? 
truth is, if Tumas Chutra, as we're going to say, you shouldn't actually have to do anything. Right? Because remember, again, both Paraduma, as well as Yom Kippur, are both, are both Avodas Tzibor. So again, but Rabbi Meru holds all seven days, must hold Tumah Duchuya B'Tzibor. Rabbi Yossi, Sav Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi said, no, you only need to sprinkle him days three and day seven. He must hold Savar Tumah Hedrahi B'Tzibor. Rabbi Yossi must hold that Tumah Hutra B'Tzibor. So we'll say, so again, like we just said before, therefore it's because Tumah Hutra B'Tzibor, therefore you only need days three and seven. Now we'll say, according to Rabbi Yossi, why do you need days three and seven? If Tumah Hutra B'Tzibor, then what should you need? What should you need? Nothing. So look at Rashi. Rashi says, Rabbi Yossi, Savar Heter, Hibut Sibor, Delo Machmari Ba Elelemaila Ba Almod Yafinim Mimilom. So Rabbi Yossi will say, it's a Chumrah. It's a Chumrah. Do you need, if you hold Tumah Hutra Bet Sibor, do you need, do we need to sprinkle the coin on day three and day seven? No, I don't need it. It's a Chumrah. It's a Chumrah. Fine, what about, so the Gemara says, Rabbi Yossi, Savar, Tumah Hutra Bet Sibor, Tizbara. Is, so here it is. But his brought Isav Rabbi Yossi had to with Sibor But here's the problem with that according to Rabbi Yossi. If you hold Tumahut Rabbi Sibor, then why do you need sprinkling at all, even on days three and seven? To which the Gemara says, "You're right." In reality, the Gemara now posits that both Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi will leave Rabbi Chanina's Kanakonim on the side for just a second. Everyone holds that Tumaduchuya Betzibor. And this is what they're really arguing about. Rabbi Meir Savar Aminon Tvila Bizmana Mitzvah. Rabbi Yossi Savar, Rabbi Yossi Savar, Lo Aminon Tvila Bizmana Mitzvah. Oh. So I will say in reality, the Gemara is saying this is actually not about Tumah. But this is interesting about Tvila. I will say, what is, it, what is the nature of the obligation to immerse in the mikvah at the first available time? Right? Is there, is there a mitzvah of tvila bismana? So we'll say what that means is as follows. Someone's tummy, they now have the ability to go to the mikvah. So do we say that there is a mitzvah to immerse at the first available moment? Or do we say no? The first available moment is the first time you want you can go to the mikvah. But halacha lamaisa, get to the mikvah when? 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 Whenever you want. So that's the machlokas. Is tvila bismana a mitzvah or not? So the Gemara suggests, was to take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Tefillah b'zman mitzvah. Tichsev v'chet v'chit o b'yom ashvi v'chi beis begad v'rachatz lo ba ela lalamid ala tefillah shetehei b'yom ashvi v'azon nami makshinu la tefillah lios mitzvah b'zmana hilchach kol yom amazina leshem ayom zmanas. Let's listen to this. So the Gemara suggests as follows. The Gemara says Rabbi Meir holds that tefillah b'zmana is a mitzvah. Now, where do you get this, that tefillah b'zmana is a mitzvah? Because if you look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, You shall sprinkle him with the waters of the Paradum on days number seven. It says, then literally he'll immerse his clothing and he'll go into the mikvah. So the opinion in this case, we're, we're ascribing it to Rabbi Meir, will hold that immersing in the mitzvah on time, immersing in the mikvah on time is a mitzvah. Furthermore, Rabbi Meir says, sprinkling of the waters of the Paraduma is compared to immersion. And just like Tevila Bismana is a mitzvah, so too Hazah, sprinkling in the right time is a mitzvah as well. Therefore, says Rebbe sprinkling in the right time is a mitzvah, you have no choice but to do what? But to do what? To sprinkle him all seven days. Why all seven days? Because each day might be the quote-unquote right time 
for the sprinkling. So therefore, I will say, interestingly enough, again, just say for the progression of thought over here, in this, in this, in this approach, everyone is agreeing that halacha lemaisa tuma dechuya betzibur. The machlokes is about a tvila bismana. Do you hold that a tvila bismana is a mitzvah or not? If you hold tvila bismana is a mitzvah, that's because it's compared to azah. And therefore, again, if Tila Bismana is a mitzvah, Hazo'a Bismana is going to be a mitzvah as well. And therefore, you have to sprinkle him all seven days. Right? Meir Sarah, Arminon Tila Bismana mitzvah. Rabbi Yossi, first wide line. Rabbi Yossi, Sarah, Lo Arminon Tila Bismana mitzvah. Rabbi Yossi doesn't subscribe to this idea. He holds or will say that essentially, you can go to the mikvah at a particular time, but there's no urgency to go to the mikvah at the first available moment. In other words, you can't go to the mikvah before a certain time. Once that time comes, you have a license to immerse. And when should you immerse? When should you immerse? Whenever you want. Take a look at Rashi. Fine. So and therefore again, according to Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi will just say we sprinkle him on days three and day seven, because just like Tvila Bismana is not a mitzvah, so so to Hazah Bismana, sprinkling in the right time is also not a mitzvah. Well therefore just sprinkle him day three and day seven for what purpose? It's a chumrah. It's a chumrah. We'll say again, according to Rabbi Yossi, it's always just a chumrah. So the Gemara says, is that true? The seven Rabbi Yossi. So we'll say, does Rabbi Yossi hold that immersion in the mikvah at the right time is not a mitzvah? Does he really hold that way? Fatimah says, it's actually a fascinating case. We'll say, let's say someone wrote the name of Hashem on their flesh. Right? Somebody was so in love with the Rebbe Shalom that they wrote the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu on their arm. They wrote, not, not, not tattooed in a permanent way, that's a different discussion, but, I, but they wrote it. They, they wrote it on their arm. And now what happens? So the Gemara says, you know, you're not allowed to wash that area. Why can't you wash that area? Because that'll result in the erasure of the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're not allowed to do that. You also can't anoint yourself with anything because it can rub out the name. Furthermore, again, you also can't, it's very interesting, you can't stand in an unclean place. Why not? Why not? Because you have an exposed shame on your arm. So go ahead and same way I can't walk in with my tefillin, right, in an unclean place. I can't go ahead and walk with that exposed shame Hashem on an unclean place as well. So what do you do? So the Gemara says, So I'll say, now let's say you have to go to the mikvah. You have to go to the mikvah. So what do you, what do you do? Morning, good morning. What, 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 what do you do in such a situation like that? So the, so the Gemara says, what do you do? This is actually fascinating. So it's very interesting. You take a piece. Of, now, gemi literally means a reed. In other words, what do you do? You cover it. You cover the shame Hashem. Now remember, what does it mean? Let's say again, you have to, your tummy. So you have to now go to the mikvah. So what do you do? You cover up the shame Hashem with a, with a, with a reed. Vitovel, and you go to the mikvah. There was an Ashi points out over here. Korich alav, lahagin alav, chozek shetaf amayim. There was an, here's what's interesting. Why are you covering it up? See, what's interesting is as follows. Rashi presupposes you're immersing in a, in a, in a river. The current of the river itself has the ability to erase the name. So what I'm doing over here is I'm covering up the name in order to prevent the erasure. Obviously, it goes without saying a reed allows water to pass through, right? Because if water wouldn't be able to pass through, I'd have a problem 
ultimately again with, with the immersion. Salach on my side, go ahead and cover it up. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, it's not a problem. Yore v'tovo kidarko. Rabbi Yossi says, you don't have to start up with the reed. Just go into the mikvah, you break one into the mikvah, go ahead and be tovo in the normal way. What can't you do? You can't rub the area. Right? You can't rub the area. Fine. The alone, and we see from here, we see actually what they're what they are actually arguing about. What Rabbi Yossi and Tanakam are arguing about is whether or not there is a mitzvah to immerse at an appointed time. Tanakama holds. We don't say tefila bismana mitzvah. There is no mitzvah to immerse at the earliest appointed time. And therefore, also according to Tanakama, even if you have an obligatory immersion, you must still take precautions to what to cover up the name of Hashem and prevent it from getting erased. Conversely, Rabbi Yossi Savar, Aminon Tfila Bizmana Mitzvah. Rabbi Yossi holds that no immersing in the mikvah at the right time is a mitzvah. Therefore, what Rabbi Yossi Therefore, according to Rabbi Yossi, even though I have the Shema Hashem on my arm, I don't have to cover it. Why? Because since I have license and even an obligation, a mitzvah, to immerse in the mikvah, I need not be concerned about any level of erasure. So I will say, see, here's the problem. We just wanted to say before that Rabbi Yossi holds that Tvila Bismana is not a mitzvah. And because Tvila Bismana is not a mitzvah, therefore what? Hazo Bismana is not a mitzvah. Sprinkling at the right time is not a mitzvah. Therefore, according to Rabbi Yossi, all you had to sprinkle was when? Days three and day seven. Versus Rabbi Meir, who holds that Tvila Bismana is a mitzvah. Therefore, Hazo Bismana is a mitzvah. And therefore, you sprinkle all seven days. But yet, we see from here that Rabbi Yossi holds that Halacha Lamaisa, Tvila Bismana, is a mitzvah. So what's going on over here? Ella, Dechuli Lahani Tanoi Aminon, Tvila bismana mitzvah. Rather, you have to say as follows that according to these tanoim, according to all these opinions, we say, both say, Tvila bismana is a mitzvah. I just want to point out, both say, just so you should understand, the, the discussion of Tvila bismana mitzvah actually has very contemporary ramifications as well. There's an interesting discussion, right, in halacha about whether or not a woman could go to the mikvah on Shabbos. Right? Could a woman go to the mikvah on Shabbos? Couldn't go to Mitzvah on Shabbos. I will say, what's the discussion? So going to a mikvah, going to a mikvah certainly involves some level of rabbinic prohibitions. Again, in a vacuum, some level of rabbinic prohibitions. So the shaila is, does a woman immerse in a mikvah on Shabbos? What is that dependent on? It's dependent on the notion of tvila bismana mitzvahi, or not mitzvah. Is there a mitzvah to go to? Another, 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 another ramification of that. Does a woman have an obligation to go to the mikvah when she can if her husband's not home? That's your husband's traveling. And so again, there's, there's, there's no relations that are going to occur. Is there an obligation for her to go to the mikvah that night that she can? So again, that's the same machlokas. Is there a din of tvila bismana mitzvah? Do we say that the first time you can go to the mikvah, that's the license to go, but not the obligation to go? Or do we say no, from the moment that you're permitted to go, at that first moment, there is a mitzvah. So I'm just pointing out, this machlokis of Ritul Bizana Mitzvah, and obviously, a woman does go to the, interestingly enough, a woman does go to the mikvah on Shabbos, but only if what? Only if what? 
only if it's a tvila bizmana, right? For example, let's say a woman was supposed to go to the mikvah on Thursday night, but uh, she got there too late and the mikvah was closed. She's not allowed to immerse on Shabbos, right? She again, she delays the mikvah to Mitzvah Shabbos because the only time ultimately that tvila is permitted on Shabbos is when it's a tvila bizmana, right? As, and, and actually, when, when Friday night is the first night that she can go to mikvah. So just pointing out, this machokis is not only relevant vis-a-vis Vis-a-vis, we'll call it, you know, Tuman Tarot Tumas Meis, but ultimately, again, very con- contemporarily relevant, Al-Sil Chosin De'Elo, Tuchol Ya'amun Lahani Tanayam Rinon, Tvila Bezman Mitzvah. Rather, both say, what you have to say is right now, all the opinions being mentioned, Rabbi Yossi, as well as Rabbi Meir, will hold that Tvila Bismana is a mitzvah. Going to the mikvah on time is a mitzvah. And this is what they're arguing about. Rabbi Meir Savar Makshinan Rabbi Meir holds that Halacha we go ahead and we compare sprinkling to immersion. Makshinan So we compare ultimately again the sprinkling of the of the Ash the Paraduma to Tvila. Rabbi Yossi Savar Lo Makshin Hazal Tvila. So also Rabbi Meir will hold that Halacha we compare Hazal to Tvila, and just like. Just like tvila bismana is a mitzvah, so to hazal sprinkling bismana in the, on the right day is also a mitzvah. And therefore, in this case over here during the sequestering, because we don't know which is the right day, when do we sprinkle the kohen? Every day. That's shitas Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yossi will say no. Lo makshinan hazal tvila. We do not compare hazal to tvila. Even if you hold that tvila bismana is a mitzvah. We will not necessarily hold, or we won't hold, that Hazor Bismana is a mitzvah. Therefore, according to Rabbi Yossi, when are you sprinkling the Kohen? Only days three and seven. And I will say, effectively, once you take that position, it turns out that the essence of the sprinkling is only for what? It's only a Chumrah. It's only a Chumrah. So the Gemara says, okay, so now we've squared away Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi. What about Rabbi Hanina Skanakonim? Because also remember again, Rabbi Hanina Skanakonim has an interesting shita. What's his shita? He holds that the Kohen who's going to do the para aduma, you sprinkle him all seven days. But the Kohen Gadol is being sequestered for Yom Kippur, you only go ahead and sprinkle him on days three and seven. So what's the pshat? Rabbi Hanina Skanakonim, imakish What's up with you, right? Well, what, what, what do you hold? If you hold that we compare Hazar to Tvila. And just like Tvila Bismana is a mitzvah, so to Hazar Bismana is a mitzvah. Therefore, even the Kohen Gadol, who's sequestered for Yom Kippur, should sprinkle him all seven days. Just like the Kohen is being sequestered for the Paraduma. And if you don't compare sprinkling to immersion, then what? Then Afilu Kohen Namilo. Then I will say, why am I sprinkling the coin for Paraduma all seven days? What's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, listen to this. Leolam lo makish. In reality, Rabbi Hanina Skanakona agrees with Rabbi Yossi and does not compare Hazar to Tvila. So I'll say, see, even though everyone's going to hold Tvila bismana is a mitzvah, immersion in the mikvah in the appropriate time is a mitzvah, they, they, they are, Rabbi Hanina Skanakonim, like, like Rabbi Yossi holds that we do not compare sprinkling to Tevila. So watch this. So the Gemara says, 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 the
Maila Ba'alma. And I will say, interestingly enough, so therefore again, because Rabbi Hanin Eskana Kohanim doesn't compare Hazal to Tevilah, so in reality, the only reason we go ahead and we sprinkle on days three and day seven is why? Just ultimately to cover our basis. I saw why by Para Aduma do we sprinkle the sequestered coin for all seven days? And the answer is Chumrah. And again, this goes back to what we learned again on Daf Gimel, Daf Beis, on the Beis and Gimel, which is that remember, we, we, we employ a, a major kula by para aduma. Right? What's the major kula? Tvul yom. Excellent. Right? A tvul yom. Then remember again that a tvul, a coin who's a tvul yom does the avoda of para aduma. By the way, not only does he do it, but what do we do to the coin? We're actively metamehim. Right? We actively make the coin who's doing the para aduma. Tamei, then we put him in the mikvah, and then ultimately again he does the paradum as a tvul yom. Again, remember why? Why? Lahotzi miliban shel tzdukim. Excellent to go ahead and show the tzdukim that they were wrong. So we'll say what you see then by paraduma is a whole bunch of other chumras in order to go ahead and avoid a potential lenient mindset towards paraduma. So Rabbi Chanina's kanakonim will say what's one of the stringencies we employ? Sprinkle him all seven days. Sprinkle them all seven days. Good. So we'll say, so that's the three-way machlokis. Ultimately, again, by what we do with the coin, ultimately for, for, all, for all seven days. So we'll say, I'll just point out, we'll come back to Yom Kippur in just a moment. Actually, well, before we get to that, let's finish a little bit more. Ukiman Azla. Ukiman Azla. Hadutarabana. So we'll say, so we have a three-way machlokis, right? We have Rabbi Meir saying that Halacha Lamaitza, both Parah Aduma as well as Yom Kippur, sprinkled all seven days. We have Rabbi Meir saying that Halacha Lamaitza, no, not true. Both for Parah Aduma and Yom Kippur, only days three and seven. And Rabbi Hanina Skanakon, him saying for Yom Kippur, all seven days. I'm sorry, for Yom Kippur, days three and seven. For Parah Aduma, for Parah Aduma, all seven days. We're now explaining, we're framing the Machlokes. Everyone agrees, Tvila Bizman is a mitzvah. That's what everyone agrees with. So what's the machlokas? Do we compare Hazah to Tvila? Rabbi Meir will say yes. And therefore, just like Tvila bismana is a mitzvah, so Hazah bismana is a mitzvah. Therefore, we're going to sprinkle them all seven days in order to cover our bases. Rabbi Yossi will hold, no, Tvila bismana is a mitzvah, but Hazah bismana, sprinkling in, in the right time, is not a mitzvah. Therefore, just day three and day seven, Rabbi, Rabbi Hanina Skana Konim will effectively agree with Rabbi Yossi that Hazah bismana is not a mitzvah. I so I sprinkle him all seven days of para aduma chumra. Beautiful. Whose opinion is reflected in the following There is no distinction between the coin who goes ahead and burns the para aduma to a coin gogol on Yom Kippur. I will say with, with one exception, which is. So the reason we sequester the coin Godel prior to Yom Kippur is for Kiddusha purposes. Kiddusha purposes, we'll see, we'll, we'll define that in just a moment. And his fellow Kohanim are permitted to touch him. But we'll say, take a look at Rashi. Because remember, we're preparing the coin Godel on Yom Kippur to enter into Machan Hashchina. And therefore we want him to be humble. 
Sirbo said, this is fascinating, well, and we're going to get into this a little bit more. But the Bryce is saying, do you know why we sequester the Kohen Gadol before Yom Kippur? We sequester in order to humble him. When a person is in solitary confinement, which, again, that's not really what the Kohen Gadol is in, but when he's removed from his wife, when he's removed from his mishpacha, when he's removed from his friends, right, that humbles an individual. And the most important thing before the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh Kodesh on Yom Kippur is a profound sense of humility. So we go ahead and we remove him al Kiddusha, which I will say is also quite fascinating because according to Rashi, Rashi is defining Kiddusha as humility, which, which makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, it's only if I possess humility that I pursue Kiddusha because at the end of the day, if I'm arrogant and I feel like I've accomplished everything anyway, so what do I have to really push myself to do? But if I really feel humble and I recognize that as much as I may have accomplished, there is so much more to do. That is what fuels the pursuit of Kiddusha. So the Gemara says, when it comes to Para Aduma, when, you, when we sequester the Kohen Gadol for Para Aduma, that is for spiritual or ritual purification purposes. That's for Tara. And therefore, as a result, in the seven days sequestering for Paraduma, we don't let anyone else touch the coin. We'll say, isn't that incredible? Isn't that absolutely incredible? So take, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, So, listen to this. Do we actually need to employ such a chumra like that? That to sequester him for seven days, that no one should be able to touch him? So the answer is no. But once again, it's a dramatic chumra. I'll say, by the way, do you hear the incredible like anomaly over here? We go ahead and we sequester him for seven days. And we don't let anyone touch him. And then what? And then what? On the day of the actual avoda, what do we do? We say, here, hold this. And we give him a dead sheret. Right here, just hold this for a second. Right? It's most, it, 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 what an incredible metaphor. And then what? He goes to the mikvah. He goes to the mikvah. And then he does the paradumo. So you understand the incredible metaphor in that? The incredible metaphor is, it's a metaphor for life. Because so often in life, we, we work on ourselves, work on ourselves, work on ourselves, right? And propel ourselves up to a level. And then what happens? The Yitzhahara says, here, hold this. Hold this. And I hold the sharets. And I defile myself. And I do something wrong. So I will say, Rabbi Nachman writes about this. He says, you know, the greatest, the greatest Yitzhahara is that when I mess up in life, I think that I'm done. Right? I make a mistake and I say to myself, oh, that's it. Everything I worked for is down the drain. Everything I worked for is done. I worked so hard to build myself up to a platform of Kiddusha. And now I'm holding a sheretz. Now I've committed an Avera. I'm down and out. And I will say, it's not true. It's not true. The Yid is never finished. Right? As Rabbi Nachman says, Ein shum ba'olam klal. You are never permitted to give up on yourself, no matter how bad the mistake. What's the Raya? I will say, this is an incredible metaphor. What does the coin do after he holds the sharetz? What does he do? Avodah paraduma. Because you see from here that even in life when you mess up and you hold on to your sharetz, because we all hold on to the sharetz at some point in time, you're not down and out. Literally the same day that I hold the sharetz, I can also offer up the paraduma. Because zohi achayim, life 
is a series of peaks and valleys. No one remains perpetually Tahar, and no one remains perpetually Kaddish. And literally, again, the moment after I go ahead and hold my Sheretz of Avira, if I want to make a change in my life, and I want to go ahead and pick myself back up, dust myself back off, and go ahead and regain my Kedusha, I have the ability to do so. And if you say that I'm lying, Yuma Daf Chasamad Beis, right after Matami the Kohen Gadol, or the Kohen doesn't the Kohen Gadol, right after Matami the Kohen with the Sharetz, immediately afterwards, he performs the Avodah. We'll say, by the way, not, not any Avodah, but which Avodah does he perform? Paraduma. And we'll say, what does Paraduma do? Paraduma purifies you from the most intense forms of Tumah. Do you understand how counterintuitive this is? Someone who is Tomei has the ability to perform the Avodah, which purifies one from the Aviavosa Tumah. Because that is the paradigm that the Bible wants us to understand for life. We all mess up, and so often we give up on ourselves, and so often we throw in the towel, and so often we, we settle for mediocrity because we think deep down we can't do better. But yet the Kohen, who is Tame with Tumasheretz, becomes the only person who could provide and create the Tarah from the Avi Avosatoma, from Corpse Toma. It's incredible. So the Gemara says, Kiman. Who's the pain? This is so the Rabbos like the Braisa is distinguishing between the Tara for the coin by Yom Kippur and the Tara for the coin by Paraduma. By Yom Kippur, we go in and we separate him from his from everyone else. But yeah, we let other Kohanim touch him because it's not it's not a separation ultimately again for Tara, it's a separation for Kidusha. Yet by Para Aduma, we're gonna be careful not to mamish let anyone even touch him. So who's the pain does this reflect? To which the Gemara says, it's the Gemara says, Kiman, O Rabbi Meir, O Rabbi Yossi. It reflects even Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yossi, D.E. Rabbi Hanin, Rabbi Skana Kohanim, because Rabbi Yossi, ultimately, again, according to Rabbi Hanin, Skana Kohanim, ultimately, again, Ha Ikanami Ha. There is another distinction between the sequestering for Para Aduma and for Yom Kippur, which is that according to Rabbi Hanin, Skana Kohanim, Halach El Maisa Para Aduma, they would sprinkle upon him all seven days. Yom Kippur only days three and seven. So I will say, what the Gemara is just picking up on over here is, according to the Brisa, the only distinction between the sequestering of the coin prior to Paraduma and Yom Kippur was the fact what his relationship to other Kohanim, right? So again, before Yom Kippur, we're okay if someone touches the coin goggle. Before Paraduma, we're not okay if someone touches the coin. Yet, I will say, so that reflects the Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Yossi, which hold that in terms of sprinkling, both Para Aduma and Yom Kippur are the same. But according to Rabbi Hanina Skala another distinction between the sequestering ultimately would be in the fact that for Yom Kippur, we sprinkle him days three and seven, and for Para Aduma, all three days. Beautiful. So the Mar says, Maski for Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Hanina, Bishlam Arisha. So we'll say, here we go. So let, let's analyze this a little bit. So according to the opinion, that we're sprinkling him all seven days. Let's analyze this in just a moment. So I understand this as follows. So I understand we're going to sprinkle him days one, two, and three. Both say, so this is according to, this is according, let's say, either to Rabbi Meir, to Rabbi Meir, or even according to Rabbi Hanina Skarakonim, ultimately by Paraduma. Because remember, again, according to Rabbi Yossi, you're only sprinkling days three and seven anyway. So according to the opinions who hold that you're sprinkling the coin all seven days. So I understand. We sprinkle in days one, two, and three because maybe days one, two, and three are what? Maybe what? Maybe they're day three. In other words, maybe he became Tomei before we sequestered him. So therefore, days one, two, and three are possibly day three. 
Chamishi, I also understand why I sprinkle him on day five. Shemashvi, Shishi Shemashvi, Shvi Shemashvi. I understand why I sprinkle him on days five, six, and seven because there's a possibility that what those days are each day seven. But I will say, watch this. El Revi Lamali Hazaklal. I will say, why do I have to sprinkle him on day number four? See, I will say, day number four doesn't make sense. Why not? Lo bishlishi ikalasavuke, lo bishi ikalasavuke. Both say day number four can't be day number three, right? Why can't day number four be day number three? He's been sequestered already, right? He's been sequestered. If he would have become tummy, we would have known it. So day number four can't be day number three. Day number four also can't be day number seven because if day number four is day number seven, that means what? He wasn't sprinkled on day number three, right? So ultimately, again. Imar says it doesn't work. Therefore, the Gemara says it makes no sense. In other words, even if you hold that halacha lamaisa, we're going to sprinkle him all seven days, there's no real reason to sprinkle him day number four. So, right, the Gemara is just suggesting perhaps all seven doesn't actually mean all seven. All seven means one, two, and three, five, six, and seven, but day number four can't really fit into this. Furthermore, I've also listened to this. Do you ever truly sprinkle someone for all seven days? Oh, we'll say, watch this. Sprinkling someone with the waters of the Paraduma is an Isra Midirabanan. We'll say, what's the Isra Midirabanan? It's what we call, it's what we call Tikkun Mana. So we'll say, again, technically speaking, we don't, normally we don't sprinkle on Shabbos. Why not? Because the act of sprinkling has the appearance of what? And that has the appearance. It's fixing. It's fixing, right? And tikkun mana, fixing things on Shabbos, is at least, right? Is at least, even if it doesn't measure up to a doraisa, is going to at least be an iser derabanan. So generally, we wouldn't sprinkle on Shabbos. And I will say, it's not docha Shabbos. It doesn't set aside the of Shabbos. So I will say, see, interestingly enough, the Gemara just says, by the way, by the way, just so you should understand, whenever we speak about sprinkling seven days, you're actually never sprinkling seven days. Because we don't go ahead and sprinkle on Shabbos. So we'll say, so watch this. This is incredible. Wow. So we'll say, when we speak about sprinkling seven days, by the way, it doesn't literally mean seven days. It means what? Six days. Six days. Because we don't sprinkle the waters of Paraduma on Shabbos. By the way, similarly, So to say, it also means that we also leave out when? The fourth day. Why do we leave out the fourth day? Why? Why? Because it's because it's it's irrelevant, right? Not the fourth day, like we said, fourth day can't be the third day, nor can it be the seventh day. So we'll say this is. Listen to how fascinating this is. Amar Rava, Rava says Hilchach, get ready for this. Hilchach, Kringal diyamikipurim delo badidan talia milsa ela bekviyah diarcha talia milsa betlasa betishay by the farushay v'chol emas demisrami tlasa betishay mafreshinale. So let's listen to this. Therefore, this is incredible when it comes to Yom Kippur. When it comes to Abigail, I will say, you see again, remember, what's the halacha? We go ahead and we separate out the Kohen on, on seven days before Yom Kippur. And the truth is we have no control. I mean, we have some control over the calendar, but Lamaisa, once Rosh Chodesh is declared, the days of the week fall out as they fall out. So therefore, halacha Lamaisa, because we have no control how the days fall out, we separate them out seven days prior to Yom Kippur. And whatever happens, happens. Which Rabbosa means something amazing. According to the opinions who hold that the coin is sprinkled all seven days, it's not really all seven days. It has a capacity to be only how many days? Five. 
right? Because think about this. If Halacha Lamaisa, again, the fourth day and Shabbos do not coincide, that means you're not going to sprinkle him on Shabbos, because again, the Isra Dirabanon, you're also not going to sprinkle him on day number four. But again, it is what it is. We, we, have, we, are, we have no control over when it falls out. But Rabbi Sebe, watch this. Says the Gemara Aval, Kohen Asarif Hesapara. But listen to this. When it comes to sequestering the coin in preparation for the paraduma, see, we control the timeline. This is incredible. When it comes to sequestering the coin gadol, or the coin, I should say, for paraduma, we control when the sequestering starts. So we'll say we always arrange it that what? The first day of sequestering is when? On Wednesday. Because what happens then when the first day of sequestering is on Wednesday? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, day number four is Shabbos. Therefore, we'll say, what, is, what does it turn out? It turns out that you only lose one day in the sprinkling of the Kohen Gadol, because, or in the Kohen, because day number four and Shabbos turn out to be the same day. I'll say, isn't that fascinating? So by Yom Kippur, again, I don't have the ability to do that, because Yom Kippur is going to fall out when it's going to fall out. But by Paradumo, and I do control the timeline, we always separate out the coin on a Wednesday. This way, day four coincides ultimately with Shabbos. And I both say, this is indeed interesting enough how the Rambam Paskins. So the Rambam says in Hilchos Paraduma, first of all, the Rambam does say, Kal Yom Vyom Mishivas, this is Parak Beis Halacha Dalit. Kal Yom Vyom Mishivas Yimei Afrasha, Mazen Alav Mechata. So we'll say, first of all, the Rambam Paskins, that for Para Aduma, we in fact sprinkle him all seven days. All seven days. Shamanit Malabes Vuhu Yada, Chutz Miyom Revi Lafrasha, Shein Tzarech Haza. So we'll say, Sadar Rambam Paskins, Salach Alamaisa, Aleph, we do sprinkle the coin gadol for. I'm sorry, I keep saying the coin gadol for paraduma. We do sprinkle the coin seven days, all seven days, like we saw, like Rabbi Chanina Skanakonim, and like Rabbi Meir, not like Rabbi Yossi, all seven days, with one exception, day number four. Day number four, we don't sprinkle him. Why do we sprinkle on day number four? Why not? Why not? Why not? Because again, it's neither day number three nor is it day number seven. The Rabbam goes on, he says, He says that historically, we would always separate out the coin on a Wednesday. We would always go ahead and separate out the coin on a Wednesday. Because this Rabbosai, again, if you separate it on a Wednesday, then the fourth day of a seven-day sequestering turns out, falls out on Shabbos. And again, this way, Shabbos we don't sprinkle, Wednesday, a fourth day we don't sprinkle, and therefore, Aloha, we could align it that those two days coincide. We'll stop over here. We'll pick up in the Parhedrin tomorrow.